Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Creepy Creek. I'm your host, Maniacal Luke, and joining me is my gooey compadre, Baskin Brett. I almost felt bad for calling you my sidekick in the last episode, but screw you now. <laughs> gooey. <laughs> gooey, man. Hey. Gooey because we're talking about the swamp this episode. Okay, I'm with you. So before we get to that, if you found this podcast and you weren't a previous listener to the Odd Topic podcast, let me fill you in. The Odd Topic podcast was a great show hosted by the two of us here, which we split off into two separate shows. The one you're listening to right now, Creepy Creek, and another show called Atlas Overflow. Let's call that one a more grounded in reality podcast. This was so that we can really hunker down on one specific genre per show. If you're an old listener, you might remember the name of the show from somewhere. And that's because Brett and I made a joke that we should rename the show to Creepy Creek after the studio moved along with me to a new house near a river. Or maybe a creek. Who knows? But it sure is creepy at night. Yeah. Anyway, listeners old and new, we are very happy to have you joining us on this joyride through hell. <laughs> Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Today, Brett, I want to talk about a section of the supernatural cryptosphere that I'll confess to not knowing all that much about. Swamp creatures. Yeah, I don't know much about them either. Yeah. I do feel like at some point I did speak about the Gill Man, which I think is Australian swamp. The Gill Man? The Gill Man. I don't think so. I think you thought you spoke about I th- it. No, that's very possible because I have no recollection of actually doing it, but I felt like I possibly did some research into it at some point. Yeah. Could be. Could be. Well, I don't know too much about swamp monsters at all. I've got a vague memory of swamp creatures from like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> and that's about it. Uh, I was pretty shocked to find out there are actually a lot of monsters throughout folklore and mythology that actually fall under the category of swamp creature. In fact, you did speak about one before, but it wasn't the Gill Man. Yeah. You spoke about the Hrulslan. Yeah. But that's really a swamp thing? Yeah. It's a swamp thing. Class I guess it was a serpent. So, it was like an elephant with a snake yeah, tail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, that's a, that's a swamp thing. Okay. And the skunk ape, which I know I've mentioned many times. Yes. It's also a swamp creature. And quite a few ape-like cryptids what, fall under the list. What's that, Louisiana? The bog man. I don't know. <laughs> There's one in like Louisiana, and it's like the Louisiana monster or something. And he's also like... Quite a few. There's like the honey, honeydew something rather as well. Honeydew. That's which so, is also an ape. Okay. I mean, do, do apes like swamps? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Jungles, but... Swamps, I don't know. It's like some guy like crawling out of the swamp with all the algae hanging over him. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I just fell, man. Help me out. Yeah. Why are you running away? Come back. <laughs> anyway, my pick of the week for swamp things is none other than the bunyip. The bunyip. I like bunyip. that name. It sounds like, it, it sounds like a bunny with a little bit of a... It makes me think of onions. I don't know why. Um, Maybe because of bunions? But that's not an onion. That's a thing on your foot. I know, but... It's got the word onions in it. Yeah, and bun. I don't know. I've got a weird association there. Bunyip. <laughs> so the bunyip isn't one of those new agey cryptids. It actually originates from the Wemba Wemba Aboriginal people of southeastern Australia. Oh. Direct translation of its name is devil or evil spirit, which is quite fitting when you hear about what this creature is all about. Now, the first written report of the bunyip comes from an article in the Sydney Gazette in 1812 
where the author James Ives describes this creature as a large black animal like a seal with a terrible voice which creates terror among the... Okay, that rest of the quote's a bit racist, so I won't go into it. <laughs> uh, you get the idea. <laughs> Man, Australia, get it together. Come on. A lot of these articles and stuff I was reading are so racist. Uh, yeah, I, I think they had a bad... The settlers and did not think much of the Aboriginals, put it that way. And I think only it's very like as an after internet recent that they've stopped yeah, doing bad pretty things. Pretty much. I was speaking to a friend of mine that's there and like it's a huge no-no there to it be is. racist. Like, they've they've well, got this it's new, a no-no everywhere, but you know what I mean. No, no, I know what you mean. They, they've got this new, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but incentive. So you have to go through this whole thankful... Yeah. process before you do something to thank the aboriginals and all that yeah just I, I think they have to just change their mindset yeah i think they should just help them out with you know more tangible things than just saying thank you but whatever yeah. find, find <laughs> us we're south african we can help you through this You've <laughs> we've been through this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow this took a turn. anyway back to cryptids <laughs> so it is said that the banyip is almost entirely aquatic in that it only inhabits swamps, lakes, and rivers, and other sort of marshy areas. Okay. And it's never seen on dry land. As with a lot of cryptids, there isn't really one specific physical description, but in general, it's assumed to resemble a swimming dog or seal. Oh, so not bipedal ape. No. Oh. I also kind of thought it was. I don't know what I was confusing it with. Because we like the swamp thing, you know, the Marvel character. It has that, and I mean, every swamp thing from Scooby-Doo, it's like like a human in like this... (laughs) <laughs> Maybe why we all think they're like eight. I would have got away with it too if it weren't for you meddling kids. <laughs> but no, it's more like a seal, uh, often depicted with mud-laden shaggy fur. Okay. But there are said to be some variants. Some apparently have really long necks, others don't. Some have head like a horse or an emu, and some have large ears or a tusk. So it's really all over the place. Yeah, okay. But it does kind of make me think of one specific animal, but we'll get to that. So Aboriginal locals did say it seemed to be an amphibious creature by nature and a reclusive nocturnal hunter. And though typically it would prey on crawfish, sometimes they would become frenzied and attack people, usually women and children. Now it gets kind of juicier because when the European settlers landed in Australia, they too had accounts of the bunyip. And they did just believe it to be an animal that had yet to be named. And let's be honest, Australia has some weird animals. Yeah. Especially if you just come to a place and you see stuff like kangaroos, koalas, and emus, <laughs> yeah, like, and then a bunyip. I mean, you don't know what the hell's yeah, going on. Yeah, you know on. what's going on, yeah. You're just like, that's another animal <laughs> that I just don't know yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, nobody could ever seem to get hold of one, though, unlike the other animals. So it kind of just, over time, remained chalked up to myth. Okay. And never proven to be an actual creature. But they did apparently have a lot of sightings. Kind of sounds like the... The, the like the legacy of the chupacabra is also like a lot of sightings and a lot of things, yeah. but no actual physical. I kind of think that this is a bit more plausible than chupacabra. In a sense, chupacabra, as we said, is most likely some sort of dog or yeah, horse yeah, yeah. animal. Whereas this, well, we'll get to it. There's some, some theories, but okay. there's a lot of sort of articles and quote unquote proof. It's, okay, it's been lost to time, but quote unquote proof and sightings that I think this was an actual thing. Okay. Uh, I just think maybe people didn't know what it was. Fair enough. Platypus? Um, is that from Australia? Yeah, but platypus are quite small. Uh, uh, okay, fair enough. Okay, well, actually, okay, I don't, I don't mention this in my article, but someone did mention sighting one and calling it a giant platypus. Okay, but like really huge. I mean, it, like it would make sense with the whole it's got claws and it looks like a seal dog. Thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what is a platypus even? Maybe it was just a big platypus that's gone extinct. Yeah, 
Don't, no one knows what a platypus is. I, I, I try to ignore you on purpose. <laughs> so between 1840 and 1850, there seemed to be a lot of bunyip activity, as this was when most of the sightings occurred, specifically around Victoria and New South Wales. But this is probably because that's where the settlers were at this point. Probably, yeah. <laughs> so in 1845, an article in the Geelong Advertiser, Geelong, Geelong, I don't know, Australia, your names are weird. I was about to say, the weirdest way you can think of saying it is probably the right way. <laughs> I suppose coming from South Africa, we got some pretty strange names. Yeah, also too. So anyway, this was a newspaper publication at the time and it had a headline that read, Wonderful Discovery of New Animal, where it detailed the findings of some fossils who an Aboriginal identified as belonging to a bunyip. The Aboriginal man then drew, a sketch, then drew a sketch of it, and on all accounts it matched up to what they believed the fossils would represent. The man also took the journalist to a person he knew who had been attacked by one, where they saw a huge oddly shaped bite mark across his chest. This was enough proof for the journalist, apparently, who then put his whole expose together. And his article expose read, The bunyip, then, is represented as uniting the characteristics of a bird and of an alligator. It has a head resembling an emu with a long bill and the extremity of which is a transverse projection on each side with serrated edges like the bone of the stingray. Its body and legs partake of the nature of the alligator. The hind legs are remarkably thick and strong and the forelegs are much longer, but still of great strength. The extremities are furnished with long claws, but the aboriginals say its usual method of killing its prey is by hugging it to death. When in the water, it swims like a frog, and when on shore, it walks on its hind legs with its head erect, in which position it measures 12 or 13 feet in height. This sounds like a freaking crocodile, platypus mix thing. Every sentence he says, it just changes it like my says, mind. I know, it's like. right? <laughs> I've got no clue. He started off, I'm like, that's a platypus. And then yeah. he ended off with like, that's a crocodile. <laughs> and then that's a giraffe. And then that's a giraffe. <laughs> so about two years later, a museum claimed to have the skull of a bunyip which has, again, been lost to time, but some experts believe that it was just the skull of a deformed cow. I'm looking at it now. That's weird. Yeah. That's very weird. It looks like it looks like the skull of a pug, to be mm. honest with you. But it with does, longer, yeah. yeah. Longer snout. So people have gone on hunting expeditions for the creature, reporting to have sighted it, but always come back empty-handed. And this kind of thing just goes on for years and years at this point. Sighting after sighting, but no conclusive proof. Now, we don't really know whether it's just folklore or an actual creature at this point. And... A few people have, and I tend to agree, speculated that it could just in fact be a large freshwater seal who made its way into rivers and things like that, confusing the locals. This could be a possibility as it has been reported that from time to time seals do make their way up some of Australia's rivers and most of the descriptions of the bunyip tend to align with the description of a seal with yeah. some added flair here and there. I'm looking at an illustration. The one and, that I think you're looking at. Yeah, and it's it's literally, it, it, it's like a, that one is a bit weird. That one didn't match up any of the other No, but it's freaking scary, man. It's like yeah. a panther cross That's seal the, thing. That's the fun, creepy one. Yeah. I think the other ones look a bit more, more seal-like. Yeah. yeah, that looks like a... Yeah, the dog, I suppose, it's there. But then and you like look at the one low down. That's and the one that I'm yes. doing. That's, and these are crazy artist representations, <laughs> yeah. man. It's, it's, but no, but what he's done is he's taken the literal... Yeah. Like the literal meaning of it, you know? I really just think it's a seal. I think it's a seal. It has to be. And like the different kind of shapes are different types of seals, yeah, elephant seals, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And it might have made their way up there. I don't know if elephant seals are around there, but they've got like trunks. and you know. Especially if you haven't seen one before. Yeah, they're weird, man. They're very you weird. You see this, this aquatic weird thing mucking about in yeah. a marshy area. 
and yeah, it's probably just a, an animal that you don't know. And I think it got blown out of proportion a bit. Probably. Anyway, that's the bunyip and how I feel about it. I think it's cool. I think it was actually something and people were seeing something. I think it's very cool. I just think it is something real that no yeah. one knows it yet, what it was. I don't think it's a cryptid we haven't seen before. I feel like it was a crocodile that was eating a seal. And then they were like, whoa! And then they kind of put the two together. That being said, it's not like the settlers who came via boat would never have seen a seal before. Yes, but as you said in the beginning, if you are walking through a place filled with all these weird creatures... Yeah. You think every creature's weird. Exactly. <laughs> you don't like... You, you don't walk in and immediately see a seal. like, and a seal. It could have just been covered oh. in like swamp gunk. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Like it could have been anything. And seals get huge, man. They really do get huge. And if you see a seal, like they've got some chompers on them. Yeah, man. I'm scared of them. Yeah. Stay away from me. <laughs> I ain't your friend. <laughs> anyway, Brett, tell us about your swamp thing. So before I continue, I just want to say that I found the reason why I said Gilman. Gilman is the swamp creature from the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, that's it. We did a, something or we mentioned it. Might have. Yeah. Remember when I gave you the title of what our topic is going to be and I said it came from beneath the swamp? Yes. So I, I messed that up because that's, it came from beneath the sea. Uh, and I was thinking of the creature of the Black Lagoon okay. when I told you what the yes, topic was. okay. And so I got the two confused. <laughs> <laughs> so then you changed it to swampy yeah. things. <laughs> Just swampy things. <laughs> so in the early 1980s, the town of Bishopsville, South Carolina, nestled near the scape or swamp, became the epicenter of a bizarre and spine-chilling legend. Locals began reporting encounters with a creature that defied explanation, a scaly humanoid being with red glowing eyes. This is the story of the lizard man of Scape or Swamp. Sounds like my wife in the morning, am I right? <laughs> yeah, she's going to murder you. Yeah. The first reported encounter occurred in the summer of 1988. I always love this. The summer of 1988. Yeah. Like, cast back to like... Summer was the summer of <laughs> So a local man named Christopher Davis claimed he had run in with the lizard man while changing a flat tire near the swamp. Davis describes a creature standing over seven feet tall with green scaly skin and long limbs that had three toes on each foot. He found a reptilian. He found a reptilian. He claimed to hear the creature sprinting towards him in the night. Shit. When he tried to get away, the creature attacked his car, ripping off a side mirror and denting the roof. Dude, that was scary. Imagine like, I'm picturing a Komodo dragon on his back legs. For some Basically, reason, well, I mean, it's a massive lizard telling it at you. Dwah, 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 dwah. My, my thing is, at night, in his claim, he didn't see it, yeah, and he just heard like footsteps. Oh, yeah. But then, how did you know it looked like a lizard? Because then it jumped on his car and oh, broke so his after, 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 yeah. after, after that okay. point, yeah, yeah. So, when he tried to get away, apparently, it jumped on his car and actually dented the top. The encounter he then reported to the sheriff's office the next day, and it sparked a wave of fascination and fear in the community, as do all of these stories. Yeah. My thing is this guy was a teenager and he came home and his car was ruined <laughs> and he made it this super lizard story. <laughs> Maybe, well, that's my theory. He might have been like really hot. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but also I would have jumped to dinosaur before I would have jumped to lizard man. Is that just me? 
Probably just you. Okay. Yeah. Like it's a raptor from Jurassic Park. <laughs> so that aside, a few weeks later, several folks who lived in the vicinity of Skateboard Swamp reported having their cars attacked by some sort of creature that ripped off and possibly chewed the bumpers. So now we have more vehicles with the same thing. So not just a teenager. Damn. Deputies stayed quite busy that summer chasing down lizard leads. They even discovered enormous three-toed footprints left in the swamp. So they started making casts of these um, just to basically have them on record and to try and compare and show and stuff like that. So a local radio station called WCOS offered a $1 million reward to anyone who could capture the creature alive, but it was never claimed. They must have given it a name. The lizard from Swamp Wars. That's it. That is. Lizard man. The sheriff's office stayed busy trying to answer hundreds of calls about the creature from as far away as Japan and New Zealand. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, now, I'm all for these sightings and investigations and, and whatnot, but I, I do feel like media frenzies do start blurring the lines with yeah. these newer discoveries. Also, just people know how to talk nonsense. They'll exactly. just phone and make something yeah. up. Um, I, love, I love the older... The older claims, like with, with your one, where it's this this origin of of Aboriginal law and history mm. that kind of carried on through the Europeans and the settlers and the German settlers and whatnot, um, and 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 it it keeps it keeps it real and it keeps it rich. So this little town, Bishopsville, they actually have a statue up of the creature, and they call themselves like you know we're the. We're the, the center. home of Lizard Man. You're basically the home <laughs> of Lizard Man. Okay, so, counter argument here. Was this around the same time as Mothman? Because I feel like a lot Possibly. of people were jumping on this train and be like, oh, they have a crazy monster. We want to be known for having a cool monster. You're right, because Mothman was very similar. Did he do damage? He more just kind of used to fly. I don't think so. It was just a Not. bad omen. Yeah, so Mothman was 1967. So, I mean, that's that's quite a few years after. Yeah. I mean, I guess it is a bit after, but there's still, I mean, the hop was still kind of fresh, you know? I can imagine. I think every town was trying to get its little claim to fame for tourism reasons. We've spoken about this before. Yeah. I mean, Mothman, the lizard uh, monster, uh, Jackalope, they, yeah. they've they all got their like origins yeah. of sati. I mean, I mean um, Bigfoot has his own. I think oh, he's of in, course, he's all over. He's place. all over, but but I think it's someplace in Wisconsin is like the place. Mm. And even the Bunyip has a statue in, I think it's Victoria or somewhere. They've oh, got really? a whole statue of the Bunyip, yeah. There was also one I did the one time. Why do we idolize these weird nonsense creatures? <laughs> it's crazy. It's strange. Mean, yeah, it is very strange. Uh, there, there's one with the lumberjacks that I did a few. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, I was yeah. trying to think of his name just uh, now. It's, it's some of the hog something. No, man. It's, what's his name? And he had that, that blue bull. No, uh, no. Pa- Paul. Paul Block Morkop. <laughs> no, I don't think it was also fucking bun something. Paul Bunyan. You mean Paul? I told you it was Bunyan. Paul something. What does that have to do with anything? That's he's the lumberjack cryptid. Oh, he's one he's, of the blue. But he's not a cryptid. He's a man. No, he's huge. I know he's huge, but he's not a cryptid. I mean, he's a giant. Giants could be cryptids. That's also true. I mean, this dude is thirty-one foot tall. And apparently carved out. Oh man, no man. Dude, we did a whole thing on him. Concrete metal structure. No, we didn't. Yes, Brett, that's a statue of him. Yes, I know. I realize that now. <laughs> How tall was he? I don't know. He was big, dude. He was only seven foot tall. No ways. As a baby, maybe. 
Bunyan was a powerful giant, seven foot tall with a stride of seven feet. Uh. <laughs> well, he had a giant bull as a friend. Oh, it was really? blue. Yeah. Uh, we have never spoken about this guy. What? I'm pretty sure we have. I wasn't there. <laughs> You're talking to your other friends about it. There was even a Simpsons episode on this dude. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, the, the name sounds familiar. Okay, but this has nothing to do with swamp creatures. <laughs> it really has nothing <laughs> to do with swamp creatures. Okay. Solid first episode of Creepy Creek. Yeah, no, right. So I think, you know, we can't we can't talk about swamp things and swamp creatures without mentioning the willow wasps. So I know you've seen some stuff about it. I don't know if you read up on it. Okay, what the fuck did you just call them? Willow wasps. Willow wisps. Right. Willow oh, wisps. Okay, fucking cut that. I can't say <laughs> I'm leaving it in. No, fuck you. <laughs> Well, oh, it is Willow Wisp. Fuck yeah, me, man. You? They're like the little ghostly yeah. orbs and shit that sit above swamps. <laughs> so, Willow Wisp. <sighs> okay, sorry. My bad. So, uh, Willow Wisp. <laughs> Look what the fuck are you trying to say to me? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make sense. It's just like a weird <laughs> flying creature thing in the swamps. <laughs> oh, man. So, in folklore, Willow Wisps. So, they're basically, they're ghosts or fairies or these elemental spirits uh, all ghostly creatures that are basically seen worldwide yep. in the swamplands, which is it's pretty cool. It is cool. It makes me think of when you take a photo and there's dust particles. Yes. Kind of looks like that, which people attribute to floating orbs, make, like they think they're ghosts yeah, and yeah. things like that. Like, it's kind of the same effect. It's a little bit of the same Ghostly orbs that are hovering around. So scientists think they, they're basically saying that it's natural phenomena. So yeah. dust particles... Uh, bioluminescence and stuff swamp like that. Gas. Swamp gas. Swamp uh, gas. Oxidations of the phosphine. Diposphane. <laughs> Nailing it, Brett. Nailing Methane, it. organic <laughs> decay. All the scientific shit. <laughs> or, you know, glowworms. Mm-hmm. Fireflies. If those are real, though. Fireflies are real. That's what I'm saying. But those are real. Uh, so, what? Are you saying that a person sees a firefly flying over a swamp and they think it's a willow wisp? Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Maybe in the right sort of foggish atmosphere, uh, it's lit enough. Oh, that's bit. true. Actually, okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you yeah. that. So apparently, this is quite a, a a known thing in Europe as well. Um, but they call them jack o' lanterns, or friar's lantern, or hinky punk. I like that one the best. Hinky punk. Yeah. yeah. I'm naming my next dog that. <laughs> All your dogs are like space themed, though. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so, have you ever heard of the Bridgewater Triangle? If you mispronounce Bermuda Triangle, then sure. I have not. It's called the Bridgewater Triangle. <laughs> no, I haven't. So it's a swampy area in Massachusetts, and it is known for some pretty hectic phenomena. Okay. By that I mean it is the highest sighting of willowisps, UFOs, poltergeists, uh, Bigfoot. Basically, you need to read up on this. It's like a triangulated area where all this activity happens. Exactly that. Okay. And apparently the, I'm going to go through a few of the the sightings they've had now. They've had UFOs. They've had Thunderbird sightings. They've had uh, paranormal like ghosts and poltergeists and shadow people. Apparently massive cult activity there. There's Native American curses. Something that they call Pakwaji, mm-hmm. which is uh, also some other kind of you know, little people like Tokolosh type yeah, thing. Yeah, I think I've heard of them. Yeah. And they got a lot of like landmarks there. So there are a lot of stones and rocks and mountains. Why is it always a triangle? I don't know. I suppose because you can get most of 
all the dots on the map in a triangle, I suppose, if you try hard enough. Yeah, and I think if you have some some fairly isolated things, you can obviously triangulate them and you get where you are. Yeah. But a very, a very interesting location that seems to have like a lot of the cryptozoologists, you know, that's yeah. like their, their jam. God, remember how much of a big deal the Bermuda Triangle was I when know. we were younger? Like, dude, I thought it was the coolest thing and like, man, what is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's like really a non-event. People fly through it every day. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so yeah, Bridgewater Triangle, sorry, the reason I brought it up was it in America is the number one place within that area where will-o'-wisps are seen. Okay. Yeah, which is quite cool. Is it is it swampy land? It's well, it's a lot of towns in between. Yeah. But where it is is a very swampy area. Okay. So I think where they are in Suppose the country. So is Florida. So. Well, exactly. Yeah. With all the gators. <laughs> With all the gators. Yeah. Well, that's the show. That's all the time we have for you today. Folks, thank you very much for joining us on the very first episode of Creepy Creek, but far from the first episode of the Odd Topic podcast. Yeah. That's true. It's kind of sad to think there's no season five of our topic podcast. We're going to end at season four. Basically. But there's going to be a season one of Creepy Creek Creepy in our topic. Things. And Atlas Overflow. Aha, gonna... Even you messing it up. <laughs> Sorry, we'll all get so used fresh. to it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be some teething issues probably. But anyway, thanks for coming along on this journey. I hope you liked the show. We enjoyed talking about it. We enjoyed having you listen. And we love you. Brett, where can they find us? On all major social media platforms at our topic podcast. You can also email us community at autopodcast.com or you can find us on our website, autopodcast.com. We're still going to have both shows under the Autopic Podcast banner. So don't be scared when you hear us talking about it. It yeah. still exists. It's still there. Yeah, it's, it's like just the, it's like the mothership. It is and the mothership. Are, and these two shows are the two aliens they dropped off to come and invade. Basically, Earth. yes. I'm different sides. But they still exist under the Autopic banner of things. I'm full of tangents today. <laughs> <laughs> My life is a tangent. Pretty much, yeah. All right. Till next time, guys. Stay fresh. Stay freaky. Bye. Bye.